So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. The date was August 28, 1963. The, the iconic speech of Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., uh, the March on Washington. I think we know this well. There's so many things that that moment taught us as a society. One of the things I think it, it teaches us this morning, some over 55 years later, is that to have daring faith first starts with the dream. It starts with imagination. If I were to put it in uh, local terms, you've heard the, if can, can, but no can, how can? (laughs) Welcome to week three of our series, Daring Faith, Key to Miracles. You know, we've heard the last two weeks, Pastor Mark Pastor Max, they shared with us that with daring faith, we can move mountains. We, we quoted in, in Jesus in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 24, just to remind us, he says, have faith in God. This is Jesus speaking, right? Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. How do we have this type of faith? I believe that this type of faith this morning, we are to learn that it starts with using the gift that God has given us, the gift of imagination, the gift to dream. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, sometimes we we hear the old saying, and it's easy when people say this, it's easy for them to say this, you know what, Dave, I'll believe it when I see it. But that's not faith. 
That's just following the facts. Anybody can do that. Faith requires seeing with your mind's eye, not with your physical eyes. And the key to see with your mind's eye is called imagination. It's called to dream. Everything starts with imagination. This building started because someone had a picture of what it would look like. When you think about Amazon.com, right, or the iPhone that like half of us carry these days, or the Tesla, um, maybe even the state capitol, Alamoana Shopping Center, the state Eloha Stadium, the Mona Lisa, the Star Spangled Banner. These things started because someone first dreamt it up. They had the imagination for it. This church over 14 years ago started, Pastor Mark was given that dream of what this could be. You see, somebody had to imagine it before it became reality. And that's the first point. And if you follow along in our notes, the first point is imagination is required for faith. See, we unfortunately are not going to see God physically. Jesus isn't physically walking here on earth as he did thousands of years ago. So it's going to use our imagination to practice our faith. We, we have tools at our disposal like communion and baptism. These are visual tools that help spark our imagination. Communion is the picture of Jesus giving his body and his blood for our salvation. Baptism is the picture of Jesus' death and burial and resurrection. When, when the person goes underwater and comes back up, it is a picture of Jesus dying, being buried, and rising again. Powerful tools to exercise and to strengthen our faith. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, there's like these the heroes that are talked about in the Bible, right? Abraham and Noah and Joseph and Gideon and David and so on, Moses. And every one of them, one of the common threads among all these heroes of faith is they first use their imagination. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, we set our eyes not on what we see, but what we cannot see. What we will see, what we see will last only a short time, but what we cannot see will last forever. See, it's those things that require our imagination and build our faith that actually are going to be the things that last for eternity. I think about, you know, Abraham. And when God told Abraham that he's going to have all these, these descendants, what did he say to Abraham? He said, look at the stars. Look up in the sky. As many stars there are in the sky are going to be your descendants. And he was sparking Abraham's imagination. The second point in your notes, imagination also has the power to shape your life. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, 
so he is. See, I think this is God's way of saying, you know, I want you guys to understand how I work in your life is through your thoughts, your, your deep beliefs and the values that you hold. So as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. In Proverbs chapter 4, 23, it says, be careful how you think or your life is shaped by your thoughts. It starts up here. It starts up here. Imagination. And I love this. You know, Pastor Rick Warren had, had, shared, had collected all these quotes of famous people that we might know in modern society speaking about imagination. I want to share some of these with you this morning. So Albert Einstein, imagination is more important than knowledge. Logic will get you from A to B. Imagination will take you everywhere. There is no limit to imagination. The true sign of intelligence, and this is from one of the smartest people who live on the earth, right? The true sign of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. George Bernard Shaw, imagination is the beginning of creation. You imagine what you desire, you will what you imagine, then you create what you will. Hmm. C.S. Lewis, imagination is the organ of meaning. Napoleon Bonaparte, imagination rules the world. <laughs> Pascal, imagination decides everything. And the great philosopher George Lucas, <laughs> you can't do it unless you imagine it. And boy, what difference would this world be had not George Lucas imagined some of the things? A planet called Dagobah, <laughs> Tatooine. <laughs> okay, I, I, all right, all right. I love Star Wars. <laughs> I digress. Take the shuttle to Endor. I get it. Okay, and Walt Disney himself. Disneyland will never be completed, he said. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination in the world, left in the world. I think, I think it's what God is saying to us, and then all these people picked up themselves, is that imagination has the power to shape lives. And if I bring it home again, closer to home, here in Hawaii, people are always surprised at the low voter turnout rates in Hawaii. Hawaii has, I looked this up, and uh, the percent of registered voters who actually go and cast a ballot, it was somewhere like 43%, the lowest in the country. Why? The median in the, in the United States is about 60%, more than half. Still not great, but it's 60%. And the highest state in the country with the highest voter turnout is what? Minnesota. Sorry, I don't, I don't have the accent. Minnesota, Minnesota, I don't know. I'm gonna stop there before this devolves. <laughs> but I, I believe, you guys, I think voter apathy in Hawaii is because we're not daring to dream enough. We're not daring to imagine the possibility of what could be 
rather than just what's in front of us today. It's like the, the, the people who are registered to vote who don't vote are probably saying to themselves, ah, nothing gonna change. And there's all this doubt and cynicism about our system. But what would happen if people in Hawaii who are registered to vote were to dare to dream and say, you know, things can be better. They have to be better. I mean, I'm not going to call anybody out, but if you're among the 57% of people who are registered to vote but didn't vote this last time, ask yourself why. And did you dare to dream a better reality for Hawaii? See, because I think a better future for our community, a better future for future generations, like my son Josh and all his friends and, and the kids and my nephews and my nieces, the people who will outlive me, depends on the adults today dreaming big dreams. Adults have to dream. Adults have to spark their imagination of what could be. And, and at least to the third point in your notes is imagination helps us see what God sees. See, we see this much. Our minds can only see this much. God sees this much. God has such a much bigger vision for our world, for you, for me. God's size of God's vision is so much bigger than we can even imagine. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, great lives, I believe, are built when we attach our lives to a great cause, a great purpose, and a great dream. To live a great life, you need to, to attach yourself to something that's bigger than you, much bigger than you. And until I think you have a great dream, it's going to be really hard to be a great woman or be a great man. You, we, start, we have to imagine how God wants to use your career. We have to imagine how God wants to use your life. We have to imagine how God wants to use your finances. We have to imagine how God wants to use your family. We have to imagine how God wants to use your giving. We have to imagine how God wants to use your ministry. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, May God enlighten the eyes of your mind. It's up here again. So that you can see the hope that his calling holds for you. God has a calling for you. But most people miss their calling in life because they're following their dream. It's a dream that's too small. They're not following God's dream. See, 
it's easy for me to be like, my dream house is, and I imagine something. My dream car is, my dream job is, but guess what? It's not about your dream. If you want true fulfillment in your life, I truly believe it's about what God's dream is for your life. In fact, I think if you can't dream God's dream for your life, then you might not really be living. You're just existing. In Proverbs 28, 18, and this is a shocking verse, actually. <laughs> Proverbs 28, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. When I read that and reread it over and over again, it was this stark reminder to me how important imagination is to our faith and to the outcome of our lives. See, without a vision, people are going to miss living the life that God wants them to live. We need that vision. We need to be able to embrace that vision, to dream big dreams, God-sized dreams, so that we can live out God's purpose for our lives. I believe God's dream for my life, for your life, is so much bigger than I can even imagine. Exponentially bigger, far bigger, and eternally significant. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This is saying that we should base our dreams not on what we think we can do, but what we think God can do. It's let the size of my God and not the size of my gifts determine the size of my goal and my dream. And just like our voter registration and turnout exemplifies for us just right here in Hawaii, last place out of 50, we don't dream big enough, you guys. And you know what? I think the enemy is perfectly fine if we underachieve God's best. There is no way that God created us to live on earth just to focus on ourselves. There's no way. If you're somebody like, you're like, yeah, here's, here's my week. I get up every day. I go to work. I come home. I watch a little TV. I go to bed. I make sure I save a little bit for my retirement. And then I'm going to die. No way. No way that is God's best for your life. Dream bigger. Dream bigger. You're here on earth to impact this church, this world, God's kingdom here. To make a difference. 
How are we making a difference? You know, I looked it up and it says that there are about 2.4 billion Christians in the world today. 2.4 billion. And to put that in perspective, you guys, that's almost as much as if you took the entire population of China and India combined. That would make the Christian church the biggest entity on the planet. And why is it that big? It's because God created it. It was God-sized. It started with the Great Commission in Matthew 28. When God said, go make disciples of all nations, God was thinking this big. He wasn't just thinking like, go make disciples of people in your neighborhood. Go take care of just your family and your household. God said, go make disciples of all nations. And 2.4 billion people later, the church is the biggest entity the planet has ever seen. Your purpose, our purpose is eternally significant. It is far more important than just the things that we get distracted with in the world today. Jesus says in Mark 8, verse 35, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Today is the day that I believe you're gonna start your journey to find God's dream for your life. Because you sitting here today, listening to this message, that, oh yeah, Dave's speaking today, oh, okay, (laughs) it's not a coincidence. There's no coincidence with God. There's no accidents with God. We know that. You're here today, I think, to really hear this message. It's simple. And local style, if can, no can. No, if can, can. (laughs) See? It's embedded. If can, can, no can, how can. How can our marriages be amazing like the first day we got married? How can? For those of you that have been married a while, and I think I'm married now going on 19 years. Whoo, got to get that right. You know what I'm talking about. Your marriage should be amazing. I was just talking with some people over there in the Kids for Christ area, and one of the husbands, like, so I, I hugged a friend, and, the, and um, her husband goes, can I get a hug too? And I'm like, yeah, every day you guys should be hugging each other, right? Every day. And then they were telling me about a couple in our church, uh, an old, their older couple, but they go walking every day with each other in their neighborhood. It's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. How can our marriages be more amazing? We got a dream. If no can, how can? <laughs> oh, no can, because we're tired. We come home, the kids, the, you know, we got to make dinner and homework, and we're all stressed out. Okay, but how can? How can 
our relationships with our kids be unbelievably rewarding? How can? I'm always yelling at Josh or I'm telling him to do this. No, can. Can. <laughs> Stuff comes to my mind that I, I can tell you are not good. But how can? How can I make a difference in my workplace to improve the lives of those around me? I work in a company that's highly regulated. It's very challenging to make changes. Very, very challenging. And there are so many days I look around, I go, no can. No can. When I should be thinking, how can? Okay, Dave, how can? Dream bigger. See, I think the simple truth is when you know Christ and you have Jesus and you have that dream and you have that that energy that Christ gives us, the Holy Spirit is working through you, the world is going to need you to step up. The world is going to need you to step up so that you're not just like everybody else in your workplace going, no can. Or you're at home and you're going, no can. And your marriage is you're stressing out your spouse and like, no can. You got to say, how can? Step up to a bigger vision for your own life. Step up to a bigger vision for your family. Step up to a bigger vision for our church. Step up to a bigger vision for Hawaii and our community, for our country. Grow your faith by having imagination. Some of you may recall that there is a a study that was commissioned by the United Way here in Hawaii called the Aloha United Way. And the, the study that came out about two years ago was so impactful to me personally, and, to, and it's, it's starting to percolate throughout the, our community, and it's called the ALICE Report. You guys heard this? ALICE stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed, ALICE. And the reason why the ALICE Report was so meaningful, personally meaningful to me and impactful to me is because what the ALICE Report said is there are 48%, nearly half of our households in the state of Hawaii are just living paycheck to paycheck. That's all of us. That's our friends and family. This means that if one unforeseen event hits this household, they're set back. Someone, Someone goes and has medical expenses that they didn't anticipate. Somebody... Uh, their car breaks down. They cannot go work. It sets them back. The Federal Reserve, I know, did a study that I think it was like 40%. There was a huge amount of households who don't even have $400 in their savings account because if something happens, it will set them back. They, They can't cover it. And so what I'm doing at work is I'm investing my time in, in how can where I work at a financial institution in Hawaii, are going to make an impact for our community. Why, though, does God allow this to be the case? Why is the cost of living so high in Hawaii? 
Why is our, our income so low? Why are so many of our friends, our families, struggling to just make ends meet? I think God's waiting for us to imagine the solutions. God's waiting for us to step up as Christians, as his followers, to say, we got to come up with the solutions. Maybe God wants to use you this morning, and he's inspiring you, he's resonating something in you this morning, to say, I want to use you in a way that you never imagined. I want to use you. In Matthew 19, verse 26, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. We know this one. See, we don't do any of these things with our own power. I don't care how talented you are, how smart you are, how connected you are. It's not by your power, but on the power of God. Pastor Mark's been talking about the reliance and dependence and the surrender to the Lord. That's what this is about. We rely on God. We dream not our own dreams, but we dream God's dreams. And I, and I get it, you guys. You, know, you might say, okay, that's great. But Dave, there are days that I have doubts. I have doubts. And doubt is the enemy of imagination. See, doubt and fear, I believe, neutralize too often what God wants us to do and wants you to do in your life. Because it takes courage to imagine. And there's always this fear of failure, right? In James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. You must believe without doubt in order to receive God. When you acknowledge in your heart that all things are possible with God, then your imagination will create visions of the good that can happen and then you can move forward. But doubt, that will destroy you. I love this in, in, in Mark chapter 9, verses 22, 22 to 24. There's a great story in the Bible of this man who had a sick son and he came to Jesus to ask him to heal his son. And and this is what the man says to Jesus. The man says to Jesus, please heal my son if you can. Jesus replied, what do you mean if I can, (laughs) right? Anything is possible if a person believes. The father replied, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. I think there's a little bit of that father in all of us. We believe, but there's some doubt that lingers maybe somewhere here. And this father of the sick boy, 
He was just being honest with Jesus. He's going, Jesus, I believe, but I have these doubts. Can you take this doubt away from me? And this is the amazing thing. Jesus, in response to that man, he takes whatever level of faith that man has and he heals his son. And what do you think happened to the father's faith after he heals the son? The father's faith started with imagination. He had a vision for a better life for his son. It started there. In other words, I don't know where you might be this morning. I don't know where your belief and faith in Jesus is this morning. But you don't have to have all your doubts resolved. You don't have to have all your questions answered in order to follow Christ and enjoy the benefits that he gives you. See, every Christian I know has some questions and they have some doubts. And I I have this vision, imagination, that when we all get to heaven, I think there's gonna be a little bit of Q&A with Jesus that day. It's gonna be like, you know, Jesus, why, why did why'd you do this again? <laughs> you know, why did you do this? And I, I, I was kind of doubting because of that. I, I, didn't, I didn't really know that was a good thing that you did over there and, and so on and so on. We all have those. But the point is, I don't think you have to fully understand something to benefit from it. I don't think you have to have it all figured out because there's a lot of things we don't have figured out in this world, Right? I recently, you know, I had a pretty major rotator cuff surgery. I, I know a little bit about the surgery, but I don't know everything that my surgeon did to benefit from the surgery. I, I have an iPhone. I think half of us have an iPhone in this room, and I don't think we fully know exactly how the iPhone works. It just does. I don't think we have to have all our doubts answered or all our questions answered in order to live by faith. Remember when I told you that when I was in college, um, I was the guy that debated all the Christians, right? But you remember, what I also mentioned is, what I remember most about those times when I debated with my Christian friends at college, it wasn't, it wasn't some great argument or defense that they shared with me. Rather, it was how they exhibited their faith that drew me to them. So don't let your your doubt destroy you from imagining all that God wants you to be. But I get it, okay? So for some of you, you're like, Dave, I've been a Christian for a while, a long time maybe, but I'm getting spiritually dry. I don't have that spark and that energy I once had. And and I'll I'll ask you to turn to your fifth point in your notes, which is really, Imagination is fueled by God's spirit and God's word. When you're spiritually dry, know that there is the spirit and the word of God. On the Holy Spirit, we look in John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, and it says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. 
Power comes from the Holy Spirit working in you to give you the power that you don't have when you're spiritually dry, when you have your doubts. And on the word of God, we turn to Psalm 119, verse 18 and 27. It says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. Tapping into the Holy Spirit and delving into the word of God is pretty straightforward. But for many of us, it's, it's not easy on a day-to-day basis. And we wonder why we're spiritually dry. And I, I think we start simply just making quiet time every day. And making quiet time can start small. Okay, just start with like five minutes a day. Read a passage. Pray and ask for the Lord to speak to you. And just connect with the Lord. And maybe you extend that five minutes every day to 10 minutes or 20 minutes, 30 minutes. See where it goes. See, for me, what was pretty interesting is when we did the campaign on the 40 days of prayer, um, I'm actually through the third time reading, reading through the booklet. Um, and what I found most valuable about that booklet for me was just reading that passage um, every day. And it would literally take a minute, right? And then I would just pray on it. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse four, the sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. This is how God refuels your imagination. See, in summary then, the point of week three of Daring Faith is we need to imagine. We need to dream bigger dreams. Imagination is required for our faith. Imagination has the the power to shape your life. Imagination helps us see what God sees, a bigger vision and perspective of what God sees. Imagination will enable us to battle doubt. And imagination, when we're spiritually dry, is refueled by God's spirit and God's word. Martin Luther King Jr. had a God-inspired dream over 55 years ago. It inspired a nation. It moved the civil rights movement forward in ways that could not have been done. But you know, as an amazing great man, as Reverend King was, He was simply a vessel for the Lord. He was simply a vessel for the Lord. And I think that's a message for us this morning. God's calling you to dream. He wants to use you as a vessel to bring his kingdom to our world. The question will be, will you invite the Lord to use you today? Will you stand with me in prayer?
I think as I was preparing for this message this morning, it was, I think it was pretty straightforward and simple that we gotta dream bigger dreams. We gotta tap into the imagination to grow and strengthen our faith. And if no can, how can? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will raise up a generation of us people who dream great dreams. Dream your dreams, Lord. Use us, Father God. And Father, I, I ask that you will forgive us for our small thinking of focusing only on our small goals, of when we only focus on ourselves. Lord, I pray that you infuse us with your imagination, that it will grow our faith, that it will shape our lives in accordance with what you have in store for us. Lord, I pray that our imagination will give us eyes for the world around us, that we will overcome doubt and so that we can inspire ourselves and inspire others around us, that we will lean on your spirit and your word to fill us, Lord, when we're weak. And in the end, Lord, would you help us remember that when we call on Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, that nothing is impossible. And I pray, Lord, for KCF, Kakako Christian Fellowship, here in Honolulu, Hawaii, that you would start a movement in our church that all the forces of hell can't stop during this Daring Faith campaign. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, why don't you guys grab a seat just for a sec? You know, I don't want to... Um, Dave, Dave, sit up here. <laughs> um, you know, as Dave was speaking, and you know, I was thinking about, you know, Dave and I, we, we uh, connect with each other every Friday. And one of the things that I like is um, it's an opportunity, you know, we can, we can talk about stuff, but also it's a time in which we can share dreams, you know. <laughs> and um, one of the things I appreciate about you is that you encourage me, and we just kind of encourage each other to keep dreaming. And so, you know, as you think about some of the things that, that we have been dreaming and God's placed on our hearts about our church, what, what would you say, what, what is a dream that God is giving us that just excites you, that fuels you, that just gives you the passion that no matter how busy you are at work, you know what, I gotta, I gotta, it compels you to move forward now. What, share with us, what is that part of that dream that God's given us as we look forward that just like, man, that's, that's a how can. Yeah, so... You know, some of the things that I share with Mark and, and little, little I shared earlier, I think in um, prior weeks, uh, is, you know, my dream is that the church um, would be more than a gathering place on Sunday. And uh, my dream is that uh, the church of the 21st century would be a church where we are where people are, uh, where they live, where they work, and when they play, seven days a week. So not so much we just keep inviting them in, but we go where the people are living, yes. playing, and yes. working. I think we will always invite people in, right? And yet, I think we've talked about this before, uh, 
if you were to start a business that you're really excited about, right? And, and this is the best analogy I have. If there's a business you would, you, you would start and you're excited, you want to share with the world this business, I have a hard time thinking you would say, okay, come check out this business, right? I'm open Sundays from 9 to 12. <laughs> right? No. It's like in an ideal scenario, you'd say, come anytime. Come as you are. We're always open, right? That's the dream. Now, what exactly that looks like physically, practically, is part of the conversation, right? But I think the dream truly is, though, that we will reach people wherever they are. And some of it is you're going to see, I think we've talked about this, where it will change even just places that we meet, and find a place that it will be so inviting for people that uh, they may not even thought they were coming to church, but really, God was there. Because, you know, at the beginning, we talked about how we were building a church for people who aren't here yet. And you, you kind of like that. And you kind of like the fact that we didn't have a place. You like that idea of a church without walls. What was so compelling for you in that dream? You know, when, we, when you thought of yeah. church without walls, you started to dream, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and I think the root of it is Matthew 28, right? The root of it is, it's not like Jesus said, okay, you know, so uh, invite everybody on Sunday and build the church. He said, go out and make disciples of all nations. And so I think the root of it is that when I look at, the church, where the church has thrived, often in our places where the church has gone out and engaged and wrestled with all the stuff that's hard. You know, to be frank, there's stuff that are really challenging. Um, and, and, and here's the other thing is, humans, we know this because we're in the church, but humans are sinful. And we're not perfect. And so... And what's challenging is that I think society places, if you're in the church, will place you on this pedestal like you got to be like sinless, heaven-like. Mm-hmm. And then when you're less than that, it's like pile on, the media will pile on everything that's wrong with the church when the church is everyday people just trying to live out what Christ says. And, and we're going to stumble yeah. and we're not going to be great but that's our aspiration, right? You know, um, you know, we both talk about how God has given us a heart. Uh, it's, not, it's more than a desire, but it's really a call to reach generations, to reach the younger generations, to reach millennials. You were saying that in your, I don't know, department or whatever you call it, your part of the church, under your influence where you work, you said there are about like 80% of them are millennials. How does that kind of contribute for you to this dream that God's given us as a church that we've got to reach that next generation? Well, well, just for me first, uh, you know, um, I don't know what it is, Mark, but um, I love the millennials, you know? <laughs> um, and, and, and I think because, um, and the millennials, just so we're all clear, right? 
people who are, I think, 22 to 37 years old. That's technically what, uh, what the definition, I think, is. Um, but you know what it is? Like, somehow in my heart here, I'm rooting for them. Yeah. So you yeah. really are like Han Song, like the older <laughs> brother in Terrace House. You're just a little bit older than them. Right? I don't know. And you're but rooting for them. I just, I'm just rooting for Like, I want all of them to succeed. I want all of them to live great lives in their career, in, in future marriages, if that's where God leads them. Um, yeah, you know? Like, because I look at me, and I'm like, I'm way past already. And, and, so, and so for Mark, he's over the No. Yeah. But, but no, I just, I, I, I have such a heart, like, like, I, I get excited for them when they get excited about stuff. And I just want to support that and, and try to help, if they want it, to help uh, in, in whatever way. Yeah. And that is, that is part of the dream that God's given us, that we've got to go out and say, how can? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, some of the decisions that we're making about relocating certain parts, you know, whether it be our office, or having a ministry center, mm-hmm. is kind of geared around that dream mm-hmm. that we have to go mm-hmm. where, where they are, where they work, play, and live. Yeah, right? it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what? Um, that's kind of where we're headed. And, and, it's, and it's kind of nebulous because, you know, we're in like, uh, you know, it is a dream. But it, like Dave was saying today, it just starts with a dream. And, and I felt like God was saying, as we entered this year, you all got to dream again. You got to dream because that's where it starts. And so um, I so appreciate Dave because Dave is forever dreaming. You know, got to wake him up. Say, Dave, no, <laughs> he's forever dreaming. And so why don't you stand one last time before we call it a, a morning here. And I want Dave to pray for us that the, the, the gift, the, the passion that God has given him uh, just to dream. And, and, and it's never, you know, no can is not part of the vocabulary that God has given Dave. And I want Dave to pray for all of us that we would have and we would grab hold it. We would be imparted that passion to dream as what God's given him. So let's pray for us, mm-hmm. Dave. Okay. Who's, I, I'm just curious, like, if you guys feel bold enough, who's a millennial in this room? Can you just raise your hand? Hey, Barry, come on. Barry Fong can put down his hand. <laughs> I didn't say who was a father to a millennial. <laughs> nah, okay. Or grandpa. Okay. So, 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 you know, if you're, yeah, if you're a millennial too, like, uh, you know, I don't know how this resonates with you, um, but I, I pray that it does. Um, and because you guys are that next generation. Yeah. Um, not that, you know, we still got a lot of juice left, okay? <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yes, we. You. But you folks are the next generation. You folks are the ones who I think are being called, okay? So let's pray then. Heavenly Father, once again, you know, we, we pray the big dream this morning. Would you unlock that, Lord, in each person here this morning? We know that no one's here by accident. No one's here by coincidence, Lord. Yeah, that this morning's message, Lord, that I would pray that would just speak to their hearts this morning. As you said to us, Lord, so in our hearts as we are, so in our hearts, would you transform our hearts this morning, Lord? 
and grow a dream, an imagination that whenever this week the enemy starts to say, no can, no can, Lord, that the counter to that is how can. Give us that boldness, Lord, to dream. Lord, and I pray for each of us here, the majority of us who are not millennials, (laughs) that would turn and say, how do we support the millennials? How do we lift them up, Lord? How do we ensure that they succeed and they live fruitful lives, that they can be witnesses to what it means to follow you, Jesus? So I pray, Lord, that this morning is not uh, a message that's like, okay, but it is a message that, that drives each one of us to action. Lord, just as we look in Hebrews 11 and we see the heroes of the Bible and all those people you called, it all started with imagination. It all started with a dream. And thank you for all the people you've placed in our lives, from like Dr. King and all these people who dared to dream. And because of them, through them, Lord, you've made our world better. So Lord, we just uh, received that this morning. The boldness to dream big, to remember how can, whenever the doubts come up in our mind, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks, Dave. And thank you all. And again, you know, you're here for a purpose. And we talked about what it means to receive God's call. You know, today, that was God calling all of us, all right? And so um, have a great week. Uh, if you would like to pray, uh, need prayer, Dave would love to pray with you. Uh, Have a great, great week. Just have a week where you dream and say, God, give me every dream you have. All right? And if you're dreaming of food, there's some back there. All right? God bless. Have a great week.